Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. Welcome to another episode with Mark Champ of War Financial. And um, Mark, before we get looking into the news, we've got a big event coming up in March and tell people what's what it's about, where they can go, how much it is, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The floor's all yours. Sure, thank you. Um yeah, so we're hosting a property development evening um in London, in Shoreditch, um, on the 9th of March. And what it's designed to do is to give people the information they need to be able to start property development. Um, so we've got a variety of uh, speakers talking on the night. Um, we've got myself, I'm going to host it, so you hear a little bit from me. Um, we've got the uh, Managing Director of Avermore uh, Capital, uh, who will be there. He's going to be talking about securing finance. We have um, a valuer from Anderson, Wild and Harris, uh, who are a London-based um, RICS uh, chartered surveyor, who are on most of the lenders' panels. So really interesting to hear what they've got to say about what you can do to get your property the, the best possible uh, value that you can. Um, we've got David Hartnett uh, from Mountbatten Estates. He's going to be talking um, about uh, site finding and how to actually put the development into, into motion. We've got um, Juliet from Seddons. Um, Seddons are one of the, the solicitors who are used by many of the lenders. Uh, and again, she'll try and demystify the legal process and um, help you get in the best position for any property development you may do. And then we've got Luke Masters <coughs> from Silence Hearn. They are asset managers um, and uh, quantity surveyors. So they will talk you through that aspect of it. Um, and then we, we're followed up by uh, Kerry Nichols from uh, Kapaga. They are a mindset company who help uh, businesses uh, and property companies get the right mindset to be able to embark on the journey. Because as we know, things don't always go right. Uh, and you need to have the right mindset in place to, to be able to handle the ups and downs of property development. So we, we've tried to cover every angle we can. Uh, tickets are on sale with Eventbrite for £40. And they can also email me at info at wolffinancial.co.uk. Uh, but we hope to see as many people there as possible. I think the room holds 50. We've already sold uh, a lot of tickets, so there's not too many left so if you want to get in please do let us know as soon as you can um but yeah it's the 9th of march uh it's at the huckle tree in shoreditch and we hope to see everybody there fantastic really looking forward to it ourselves uh, we're going to be there in some capacity as as well doing podcast bits and bobs so thank you for having us partake in the event as well and really exciting to have all streams of or sorry all aspects of development there and then also that mindset bit which as you say is always crucial with with any walk in life but more so or even more so property given everything else that's going on at the moment so 9th of march uh go and get your tickets uh, we'll put a link in the show notes as we always do uh for your email address there marker but also for the event right as well so go and have a look in the notes as well all of that being said uh looking through the the wharf weekly financial that you send out by the way if you listen to this and you haven't already got that please do go and get the wharf weekly issue it's a really good read normally anywhere between four or six pages and it goes quite in detail about what's going on but mark just looking through 
the figures have basically come out uh, last time we spoke. Inflation is still high, but obviously that's going to be a running theme probably this year and next year, I think. FTSE uh, nearly hitting an 8,000-point mark for the first time, just underneath it. Uh, recession avoided, yeah, uh, that's probably going to play out quite negatively this year. Same with the EU, um, somehow avoided recession. But if you're anything like the US, you're just going to make up what a recession is, uh, redefine it for the dictionary to avoid one. Uh, but getting into the property market things, two things that I wasn't surprised to read was uh, an increase in the RIS. Wasn't surprised to read that at all. But mind-bogglingly, uh, mortgage deal numbers hit a six-month high. Uh, can you just explain that as best as you can and maybe – how has that happened? Why has that happened? Or are you as surprised as I am at reading that in the Telegraph? Yeah, I am surprised. And the reason I'm surprised is because I, I speak to a lot of other mortgage brokers. And um, mortgage brokers tend to be notorious for, say, when you ask them how's business, they say it's brilliant. We've got more business than than ever and uh, we can't handle it. It's too, too much going on. <laughs> the last three to four months, the conversations I've had with mortgage brokers have suggested that there has been less business, there has been a tightening up and a bit of a diversification, people actually moving away from your your standard buy to let, which we were predicting for a long time uh, with the tax changes and everything. But people moving more into adding value, so doing small developments and actually... Uh, building something rather than just buying and occupying. So mortgage deal numbers, um, I I presume um, these are based on residential mortgages. And again, I would have thought they would be not as high um, as we we believe. Um, But maybe because it's the start of the year, we're seeing uh, an increase. And, And if you think about was it not last year, the year before, where they had the stamp duty holiday, that was almost like an artificial market that was created. And the numbers were all over the place. Maybe there's just a little bit of return to normality that at the start of the year, I think this um, uh, the data comes from February, so it's up-to-date data. Um, and it, it suggests that maybe there's a bit of start coming back to normality where People are looking for houses at the start of the year. You know, Christmas is out of the way. We're going to start looking for houses. Therefore, our mortgages are being agreed in late January, early February. So I think maybe that could be one thing. It's a lot of refinances as well. Um, I, I presume the data captures that. A lot of people wanted to move off their variable rate and onto fixed rates. The the, the whole... Um, uh, you know, variable rate piece out there shows that they're much more expensive than a fixed rate. And I, I only for the specialist market, but if you're looking for a fixed rate, you're going to be paying probably about 2% higher on a variable rate at the moment than you are on a, a five-year fix. And in fact, you're actually going to be paying more for a two-year fix than you will for a five-year fixed, which you know, in normal markets, that's that's wrong. But I know I'm going to contradict myself there, saying normal markets, but I think things have returned a little bit to normality. Now the stamp duty holidays have gone. Um, COVID seems to be behind us. Liz Truss is a distant memory, hopefully. 
Um, and I think it could just be a cyclical thing that it, it's getting back to normal. And these are the sorts of figures we would have seen prior to the, the schisms in the economy and the, you know, what's been going on. Mm. It's key to point out uh, as well and to remind people that the average Bank of England interest rate since its inception in 1694 has been about 5%. So in terms of going back 320 years and looking over the historical data, when rates are around anywhere between 4 6%, actually that's relatively normal. I think it's only in the last uh, between you know, 2007, 2008, and then 2022, where the rate's been you know, pretty much hovering around zero. You know, that's quite unprecedented when you look at the history of the Bank of England interest rate in general. Uh, moving on to two other bits of news uh, that you pointed out. Um, one doesn't surprise me. The other one, a little bit more concerning. So, uh, again, uh, Telegraph uh, saying that landlords paying bigger deposits to beat higher mortgage rates. Uh, to me, that makes perfect sense if you are refinancing or you're buying uh, you might be putting more capital in certainly if you're refinancing you know we've always been told to not continually gear up i.e let the uh let the market do its job for you so if you've got a fifty thousand pound mortgage and your house is worth a hundred thousand pound obviously that's 50 percent ltv and then if you go and refinance it but the house is now worth two hundred thousand pounds, and your mortgage is still fifty thousand. Just keep that mortgage as it is, you know. Because if you keep gearing, at some point you'll get caught out by the market. At some point, so that doesn't surprise me. The thing that concerns me, which was your last article about second chance lending, uh, second chance lending rose to one hundred four point five million in January, uh, which is fine, but it's the amount that's been taken out for debt consolidation. And that, to me, sends me a red flag. Am I being a bit doomsday there, or do you have a different opinion? Well, I'll, can I come back to that just in a second, the of second course. charge? Just on that first bit about the landlords paying bigger deposits, that, yeah, you, I can see that definitely happening in our market as well, the specialist um, lending with... Stress tests are obviously harder to uh, realise now because the rates are higher. So where you were being stress tested uh, a lot lower, you could get your 75% loan to value. Now you can't. It's Well, you, you can in certain circumstances, depending on the rental yield, but it's a lot harder. So we're seeing customers having to put bigger deposits in because of the, the stress test. But what some lenders are doing is they're keeping their rates low, but introducing a higher fee. So they're making their money that way so that their stress test can be kept low and you can borrow more, but you'll pay a bigger fee up front. And that sort of gets around the, the stress test. And it's, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but there's some lenders who have fees of say 5%, but their rate is like late fours five percent something like that whereas if you had a two percent rate a two percent fee sorry the rate would be much higher and therefore the stress test would be harder to make so that's something just to think about on that going back to the second charge 
again, we're seeing more second charge inquiries. And I, I don't personally do residential mortgages, i.e. owner-occupied residential mortgages. But we are seeing more second charge requests in our field as well. And uh, that's more on the refurb side. So we're seeing, we're seeing people go to a lender and the lender previously would be offering, say, 70% of the purchase price and 100% of the cost of the works. And that was standard. Some would do the 70% as a net figure. Some would do it as a gross. And if that 70% is net, then you're actually getting a little bit more than 70%. Now, most of the lenders are at 65 it's, it's dropped down. There are more and more people, as I see it, trying to get into the refurb, as, as I mentioned earlier. Huh. And they don't necessarily have enough deposit to be able to afford to do a refurb. So then they look for second charge lending. And the other place they look is for investor finance. And we see more and more people come to, to us and say, we've got investor finance. And it does it does worry me um, because you have to pay an investor back. And the other thing that worries me is since September, the lenders who are refinancing the deal going forward are taking an age, an absolute age to get things through. So if you've got an investor or a second charge lender who needs their money back, you are at the mercy of the challenger bank's processes. And we've got we've got one at the moment that we started back in July, and we're still not completed it because of the the challenger banks. What should we say? Inefficiencies in their processing. Um, so it's really important that when people are taking out second charge and investor finance, that they have their exit lined up ready, and they start the process way before you know they think they should i used to say start the process three months before i now say probably four to five months before and there are issues with valuations running out and offers running out but i would be i prefer to be in a position where i've started it and renewed the valuation rather than not have anything in the bag when you're ready to re um, refinance. I think it's really important that people look at that. Uh, absolutely. And just to highlight that, we recently finished a, a deal with yourself, didn't we? And okay, there was one or two things our end that I'll hold my hands up to and go, well, we could have streamlined that a bit better. But I remember chasing. I don't think, Rob, I, I'll, I'll contradict you there. I'm sorry. I don't okay. think there is your provision of information was better than nine out of 10 customers so you need to understand that lenders and brokers should be geared up to be able to bring out that information from a customer and present it in the right way and have it looked at in the right way by a lender so the information you provided personally was 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 fine yeah sometimes things go missing or whatever it's human nature but that should be within that three month period there should always be little wobbles that get ironed out so that that's all all fine your issue on your case in my opinion was the lender and the inefficiencies i think you would agree 
Yeah, I, I was going to highlight that as well. Maybe I'll stop doing myself in this service, yeah. but I, I was going to get to that point that a lot of the time it was a case of, well, you know, what, what's the lender doing, et cetera, et cetera. So totally with you, totally with you on that. So we can take that as a, uh, people listening can take that as a uh, a warning as such for moving forward. If you've got refinances this year or whatever coming up, maybe just start that process a little bit earlier because as you say, challenger banks are taking an age pretty much to push things through one way or another. That is, that's that. So yeah, we've ran through the news. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, just a reminder, Thursday, the 9th of March, have a look in the show notes for the links. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. I look forward to seeing you there uh, as well, Mark. Thank you again for the invite to the event. Uh, anything else to add for any news or any event information? Um, I don't think so. Uh, there's the Mipping Property Festival coming up in France um, in the, the start of March as well. So that would be good to go out there. And it's uh, an event where a lot of property people get together and socialise and um, share stories and enjoy um, listening to what everybody else has got to say. And, you know, some people think it's a bit of a jolly and, you know, it's a nice place to go, but it's very much a fact-finding mission and there's lots of things you can pick up there. So it'll be good after I, I've done that that we talk about that and the, the intel on the ground from other mortgage brokers, lenders, agents, whoever it may be that, that we get to meet. Right, fantastic. Look forward to uh, having that recorded for next month's episode then. But until then, uh, yeah, go and find the links in the show notes. Mark, thank you very much for your time and the Great Wolf newsletter that gets sent across. And uh, I'll see you at the event on the 9th of March. Thank you very much. Thank you.